0: There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks The vastness of the cosmos there must be other civilizations far older and more advanced than ours so shouldn't we have been visited shouldn't there be every now and then alien ships in the skies of earth there's nothing impossible in this idea and no one would be happier than me if we were being visited but has it happened in fact what counts is not what sounds plausible, not what we'd like to believe, not what one or two witnesses claim, but only what is supported by hard evidence, rigorously and skeptically examined. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. We began as wanderers, and we are wanderers still. I've often thought that in the great vastness of space, how vast and expansive and wide the universe is, to imagine that we're the only ones, it just, it seems ridiculous, and it seems silly, and to quote one of my producers, it's absurd to think that that we're the only ones, or that we could possibly be the only ones, it's just, it's seems kind of ridiculous and no i'm not saying or that i know definitely because i don't and none of us do that that there is life out there we haven't seen proof there's no evidence of it so there's no way for us to know but it's really weird and just crazy to think that we're the only ones and one of my producers i wanted to get a little bit more into into this, but one of my producers actually sent, made a tweet, and her tweet says, and she actually has a big, she has actually, actually has a background in this, and going through the collegiate years and the studying that she's done, she's always been interested in, I don't want to say meteorology, because that's maybe not the best explanation of her abilities, but she's done, she studies how a, a being, being, beings well, planets are beings, Um, how a being's, in this case, planet, body, how its, how its atmosphere, how its geology makes up its atmosphere, how it contributes to its atmosphere, and her main focus and what she studied on is Earth, and she studied how the The earth geology and how the earth has evolved how it contributes to the atmosphere and how the atmosphere comes from that and how they relate and she's used and she's looked she's told me and she's texting me right now she's told me that she's looked into the universe and figuring out from what she's read and what's come to her and on her newsletters and stuff that she subscribed to that she's wondered how from what we know of these other planets can that geology can that makeup contribute to how the clouds behave how does it relate to one another and does it relate to one another and and in what ways and what ways is it related and is it alike and the one tweet she said that's actually very interesting and a very valid point is what she said and this is a quote from her if a planet in this case, Earth, if a planet, in this case, Earth, like I just said, has such hostile conditions where we can never... Where, where If a planet has such hostile conditions where we never can fathom life existing, yet it flourishes. For example, and I'm adding a word there, the Challenger Deep in the Marianas Trench. Why would anyone argue it couldn't exist on other worlds, Mars, for example, it's absurd. And she's kind of right when she says that, and it's a valid point when she says that. If there are parts and, and aspects of this planet, of Earth, that we can't fathom, we, there's n- no concept to us where life could possibly exist, yet it does, and it flourishes. And her in the mention her case there, the Challenger Deep of the Marianas Trench. Where we can't, there's no we can't grasp that life could exist there, yet it does, and it flourishes. So, if on our own planet, on her, on our home, if we have no concept that life could exist there, but it does, why can't it exist on Mars? And she is, she is of the opinion. And she, it's, it's an interesting point. She has said the opinion that it just might. That it could exist. It could be there right now. And for all intents and purposes. And, and, and she's not. And no one should think that she ever could be. She's not kind of like a spatial loony or anything like that. But she makes an interesting point. What we have to do as people is we have to stop thinking that life in the universe could exist by what we determine life to be. And I've know I said that before. We have to stop thinking of life outside of our planet to be life from as we understand it. Now, yes, you can argue that that's the only concept we have of life, and I get that. We can't we can't conceive that life could be something else if we don't know it. But we also, as human beings, have the ability to to comprehend things or to understand things that we don't think could exist. Or that we don't think that are outside our realm of understanding. Hopefully, that helps that explain a little bit more. So we have to stop thinking of life as what we know it to be, because it might not be that elsewhere in the universe. For example, something as close as what at what she, what she's studying now, something as close and her like I said, her specialty is Earth. Um, what she's studying right now is she's studying Mars. And she has a lot of, she's told me she has a lot of documents and a lot of files and a lot of, a lot of, she has a couple of clips. She really likes the movie, The Martian, based on, I believe his name is Peter Weir. The book is pretty good, too. So if you haven't read the seen the movie, The Martian with Matt Damon, read the book. <laughs> As is most of the case in most movies, the book is better than the movie. In this case, it is, too. Um read the book i would emphasize read the book strongly emphasized but she also she's she's studying mars and looking into it and what we have to do is we have to stop thinking that life can't exist on mars life as we know it as we see as we're looking for doesn't exist because we're looking with through eyes jaded by what we've come to accept on earth This is, that an Earth. That's Mars. That planet has a different concept of what life is. So, Martian life may not be, may not require water. Now, a lot of cases have assumed, have said, that it is more, Mars is more Earth's twin than Venus ever could be. And everyone who's studied Venus and knows a thing or two about Venus can easily understand that, but, there's a lot of similarities between the two planets. Um, what, what is Martian life could be a rock. Underneath that rock or in that rock, that could be life. And that could be Martian the Mars' Mars's definition of what life is. And Mars' definition of what life is doesn't make it any less viable, doesn't make it any less valid than what Earth's definition of life is life may not life exists in. i'm pretty sure it it could life could exist in the universe just in a different way in, in a different form that we accept it to be um martian life could be the ice on the polar caps that could be life what we what we are saying that in and we've discovered we believe there's frozen water under the surface and inside water microbes grow and that happens that's that's the problem with a lot of these cases there we go we're we're trying to we're trying to attribute what we see on our own planet as creating life that might not exist it might not occur on another planet but that doesn't mean that life doesn't exist it just may have come about in a different way and it leads me to look up into different documents and I've gone to space.com, I've consulted one of my producers, she's done, she's given me information. Um, I've gone to Wikipedia, I've gone to SpaceX, and Blue Horizon, and all of these different sources to try and dig up as much as I can. And it's very, very interesting. It's very, It's, it's a great topic and a great thing to get into. And the search for life on Mars shouldn't focus exclusively on the distant past. Four billion years ago, the Martian surface was apparently quite habitable. Featuring rivers, lakes, and even a deep ocean. Indeed, some astrobiologists view ancient Mars as an even better cradle for life than Earth was. And they suspect that life on our planet may have come here long ago, aboard aboard Mars rocks blasted into space by a powerful impact. A lot of thought is that that impact was like a meteorite impact or just space debris that hit the planet. Things changed when Mars lost its global magnetic field. Charged particles streaming from the sun were then free to strip away the once thick Martian atmosphere and they did this process has transformed Mars into the cold dry world we know today by about 3.7 billion years ago observers observations by the by NASA's MAVEN orbiter suggested earth still has obviously earth still has its global magnetic field explaining how our planet remains so livable but this turn of events doesn't necessarily mean that Mars is a dead planet it's not Mars is not a dead planet it's a living planet just like Earth is if Mars had life four billion years ago Mars still has life nothing has happened on Mars that would have wiped that would have wiped out life Said michael Finney, co-founder of the Genome Partnership, a nonprofit organization that runs the, that runs the advances in genome biology and technology conferences. so if there were life on Mars, he says it may have it may have moved around, it may have gone into hiding a bit, but it's probably still there. Finney had said. Several months ago, during a panel discussion at the breakthrough Dis- at the breakthrough discuss conference at the University of California Berkeley, one of the most promising hiding places is the Martian underground. Though the Red Planet's surface has no liquid water these days, no liquid water that we can immediately see just by looking at it, but there may what they think there may be some. Apart, apart possibly, from temporarily flows on warm slopes now and again. There's likely lots of the wet stuff in buried aquifers. For example, observations by Europe's Mars Express orbiter suggest that a big lake may lurk beneath the red planet's south pole. Earth, Earth's diverse residents, advertise their presence in dramatic and obvious ways. An advanced alien civilization could probably figure out pretty quickly, just by scanning our atmosphere, that our planet is inhabited. We don't see, I mean, other than you can see, if you go into space, you can see Vegas, you can see New York, you can see L.A. from space. It's pretty noticeable, all that light. We don't see any such clear-cut evidence in the Martian air, but scientists have spotted some intriguing hints recently. For example, NASA's Curiosity rover has rolled through two plumes of methane inside the 96-mile-wide Gale Crater, with which the six-wheeled robot has been exploring since its 2012 touchdown. The rover mission also determined that the baseline methane methane concentrations in Gale's air go through cycles seasonally more than 90% of earth's atmospheric methane is produced by microbes and other organisms so it's possible that the gas is a signature of modern martian life is mostly definite the jury is most definitely still out on that abiotic processes can generate methane <coughs> sometimes an allergy cough sneaks up on you and sometimes you lose, there it is yeah, I lost my place in my notes abiotic processes can generate methane too the reaction of hot water with certain types of rock is one example and even the mars methane is biogenic the creatures that created it could could be long dead Scientists think the red planet methane plumes leaked out from underground, and there is no telling how long the gas lay trapped down there before making its way to the surface. NASA's 2020 Mars rover, which was scheduled to launch, I believe the this article on Space.com was in that 2019. Yep, I just found, I just found the. Uh, I just found the date. I was looking through my notes there, and it said refer back to the article. So, so that the article that I'm referring to here was from 2019. So NASA's 2020 Mars rover, which is scheduled to launch next summer, will hunt for signs of of the long, of long dead red planet life. So will the European the European Russian ExoMars rover, a mission that will lift off at at about the same time but some researchers are pushing to expand the hunt to, ex- to extend Martian life one of them is molecular biologist Gary Ravkun who's based at Math- at the Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School Ravkun is one of three principal investigators on the search for extraterrestrial genomes SETG SETG no not SETI set g the lost my place again search for search for extraterrestrial genomes project which is developing an instrumental an instrument to detect past or present dna or rna based life on mars and other alien worlds he was on the breakthrough di, he's on the breakthrough discuss panel with finney and several other researchers and he also gave a talk at the conference laying out the case for putting uh, putting the SETG instrument on the future Mars and rovers and other robotic explorers. Part of that case centers on panspermia. What is panspermia? Let's see if the answer com- comes up here. Let's see if the Internet behaves itself, because that I didn't write down. So I'm just sitting here waiting for... Google to behave itself, which it's not doing. Let's see. Nope, no answer there. <laughs> see that they're good things, but you kinda gotta live with what with what comes through. I, I typed, see when I said I didn't write it down and I referred back to my article and it said click on this example or click on this and it would give you a definition. And it didn't. God bless Google. So <laughs> Part of of that case centers on panspermia, like I just said. The idea that life has spread widely throughout the solar system, and perhaps the galaxy, by either natural or artificial means. If life did indeed come to Earth from somewhere else, there's a good chance it flourished on Mars as well. The thinking, as the thinking goes, the red planet could have been the source. Or it may have been the, may have been seated, as we think Earth was. Ruvkin views panspermia as very likely. During his breakthrough discuss talk, he described himself as a religious fanatic about the idea. Ruvkin cited as supporting evidence to the to the very early emergence of the ATP synthase of the ATP synthase the enzyme that makes the energy storage molecule adenosine triphosphate. ATP synthase goes all the way back to the base of the tree, a base of tree, ATP, let's try this for a fourth time, (laughs) ATP synthase goes all the way back to the base of the tree of life on earth, meaning this intricate and complex molecule was up and running by about 4 billion years ago. It's not just that life kind of got up and kind of started working, he says. It's like it got up to being super highly evolved very fast. That's why panspermia is so attractive. If panspermia is indeed a thing, then any life forms that we find on Mars or anywhere else in our solar system will likely be related to us. Rovkin and others have also reasoned. That is, such organisms will use DNA or RNA in as their genetic molecule. So we should go hunt for this stuff. It seems really idiotic not to look for DNA on Mars, Rovkin said during his talk. It's an experiment that's worth doing, we would say. Mars isn't the only place in our solar system where alien life might flourish. Indeed, most astrobiologists would put the red planet down the list a bit, behind the Jupiter moon Europa and the Saturn satellites Enceladus and Titan. Europa and Enceladus harbor deep oceans of salty liquid water beneath their icy shells. Titan is thought to have to have a buried water, o- buried water ocean as well, and it also sp- sports lakes and seas of liquid hydrocarbons on its surface. NASA is developing an ocean-characterized char- Europa flyby mission that will launch in the early to mid-2020s. This, the agency also aims to send a life-hunting lander to the moon's surfaces in the near future. And the Titan mission is one of two finalists for NASA's New Frontiers launch by 2025, along with a Comet Sample Return, comet sample return Project. We should learn which one NASA picks by the end of the year, the year by the end of the year of the article, 2019. Even Hellish Venus, a climate-challenged cautionary tale for Earth, might still harbor some habitable redoubts, read, scientists have said. Like Mars, Venus once had plentiful surface water, but a runaway greenhouse effect baked the stuff away and left the planet with, uh, with surface temperatures so high they're enough to melt lead. However, conditions appear to be pretty clement, clement about 30, 30 miles above the Venusian surface. A lot of people have said this, and a lot of people have said in size Venus looks like Earth's twin. Now, here's a question I've asked and a lot of people haven't been able to get, but curious question, what is the what do what do 5 and 1 have in common? The answer is they're the same planet. The fifth largest planet in the solar system is also the first. And by that I mean, the fifth largest planet in the solar system is Earth. Earth is the largest inner solar in the inner planet. I said solar when I didn't mean to. Earth is the largest inner planet. It's a little larger than Venus. So, Venus is close. Venus is close in size to Earth, but it's smaller. So. If there was an, and this is kind of more of a pipe dream, I believe from what I've read and what I've searched, you could terraform Venus, but it's more of a long, long stretch and a huge pipe dream than transferring, than even fathoming transferring Mars could ever be. So Mars is more similar to Earth than Venus is, although in size, Venus is much closer. Penny Boston, director of, an, of, NASA, of the NASA Astrobiology Institute at the agency's Ames Research Center in California, said she thinks the chances of, of a modern-day Venus life are low because of the dewatering of the planet. Regardless, the possible existence of, of cloud-dwelling life in Venus Definitely needs to be interrogated, she says during the same breakthrough discussion panel that was mentioned above. A lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts and a lot of things have gone into what what the Martian atmosphere could be like, not that Martian what what it could be like to terraform Mars could Mars have life and like like you had said like you had heard, sorry, like you had heard from what I had said, it could, it could have had, there are, and like my producers have mentioned, and like my producer has brought up, if there are places on earth where, where we couldn't possibly fathom that life could exist, and it does, why not? And I get it, I totally get it. And a lot of questions that I've been asked, and a lot of questions that they've been asked, is what is the Martian atmosphere made of? Well, it's about 100 times thinner. It is about 100 times thinner than Earth's. And it is 95% carbon dioxide. The carbon dioxide is about 95.32%. Nitrogen is about 2.7%. Argon one6 oxygen 0.13 carbon monoxide 0.08 it also has it also contains minor amounts of water nitrogen oxide neon hydrogen deuterium oxide krypton and xenon here's a little trick question if you go outside here on earth if you go outside into the atmosphere you go into the atmosphere well sort of you do if you go if you go outside Onto your driveway and you breathe, what gas are you breathing? And if you're saying oxygen, you're wrong. You're not breathing oxygen. Well, I mean, in a small portion you are. Um, If you go outside into your driveway, you're not breathing oxygen. In you're breathing nitrogen. Nitrogen gas makes up, I want to say, about 70% of Earth's atmosphere. And there's there's another portion I forget the exact portion that's a bit smaller than that that is made up of oxygen. And early in its history, particularly in periods older than 3.5 billion years ago, Mars had a thick enough atmosphere for water to run on its surface. Orbital picture, orbitable picture, orbit, orbitable, orbital pictures show vast river plains and possibly even ocean boundaries, where several Mars rovers have found evidence of water-soaked rocks on the surface, such as hematite or clay. However, for reasons that are still poorly understood, the the Martian atmosphere has thinned. The leading theory is that Mars' light gravity, coupled with its lack of global magnetic field, left the atmosphere vulnerable to pressure from the solar winds, the constant stream of particles coming from the Sun. Over millions of years, the Sun's pressure stripped the lighter molecules from the atmosphere, thinning it out. This process is being investigated by NASA's MAVEN MAVEN mission. MAVEN means Mars Atmosphere and Volatile Evolution other researchers hypothesize that perhaps a giant impact by a small body would have stripped the atmosphere away. A small body being like an asteroid or another another moon. For example when I say another moon, one of Mars's moons, I believe it's Phobos, one of Mars's moons is because of its orbit it's on a degrading orbit. So it will eventually collide with the planet. Now that's not going to happen in our lifetime or in anyone's nearby lifetime for a very long time, but it's on a degrading orbit, so that's what will happen. The atmosphere of Mars, as I just read, and I'm going back in my... yeah, i just going back in my notes here. Mars's thin atmosphere and its greater distance from the sun mean that Mars is much colder than Earth. The average temperature is about minus eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Though I just lost my place. It mounted minus eighty degrees Fahrenheit, although it can range it can vary from minus one hundred and ninety five near the poles during the winter to as much as a comfortable seventy in midday near the equator. The atmosphere of Mars, as I said, is roughly Roughly a hundred times thinner than Earth, but is still thick enough to support wa- to support weather, clouds, and winds. There is also radiation at its surface, but it shouldn't be enough to stop Mars to stop Mars exploration. An- analysis by the Curiosity rover found that a single found that a single mission to Mars is comparable to the radiation guidelines for astronauts for the European Space Agency. Although it does exceed those of NASA. So we... And there's a long duration that it would take to get from, from Earth to Mars. There has been several propositions. Elon Musk has put a few forward. Several propositions that suggest that maybe we could use the moon as a jumping off point. And I have been asked several times if you were given the chance to go to Mars course it could probably be like two years two or three years by the time you get back but still if you were given the chance to go to mars and explore with everything you know all that stuff that you would need to have on you would you do it heck yeah why not it sounds so fun so cool and so unbelievably awesome it's just no there's a lot of things Now, I say heck yeah now, but I would really want to do it. But I'd have to take all the things of the whole family and the whole everything, not being able to see your family for so long. And a lot of things would come into consideration. Why, I can imagine, a lot of people would say, no, I wouldn't do it. Or they'd strongly hesitate. Now... But just think about what what it could be, what you could be. You could be one of the you could be one of the first people in the history of two planets to set foot on an, on a different world, on a new planet, and that's just unbelievable. It's just so cool, and there's a lot there's a lot that goes into these thoughts, and it's a lot of very very interesting. And it's just it's just amazing the things that occur to people and the things that that are just interesting and the things that you would that you would wanna do or that you would think that you could do. It's just great. It's just great. So thank you all so much for sticking around. Thank you all so much for listening. Hang on for a little bit more on the end here. Wanna check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? true true friends of this podcast check out fantastic cruising over on apple podcast and all your favorite podcasting devices and services give them a five-star review head on over to youtube look up fantastic studios give them a five-star review and give them comments they'll love that to death they are the greatest podcast out there give them a shout out Want to check out the greatest storytelling podcast out there? Want a ride to Hogwarts with Hagrid? Check out Common Room Talk on all the major podcast platforms. Tony tells you a story that will pull you in. You will be impressed and you will love it all the time. Please join me in supporting and giving to the PRIDE Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the PRIDE Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.